7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Jim along with Cake. Cake's been good every day of the week this week. I tried. Yeah, nicely done this week. Good job, Cake. Thank you. Filling in for the Buckeye boy. We'll be back on Tuesday. Max Ryan will be in on Monday. Because I'll be filling in for other people as well. It's not that you don't want to be with the pile, spend time with the pile, but... I've enjoyed my time this week. And you'll be back next Friday. So. Yes, this is this is normal. This is a normal Friday hodgepodge of sports talk radio. It's an inter- interesting way of putting it, but yeah, I think it's probably fairly accurate. All right, a, a busy show today. Uh, we'll have Jackson uh, Wilson, River City Sportplex. Talk a little avalanche. Uh, the winning streak comes to an last night. Losing to Anaheim. Blew a lead last night. There is that, a... that night for Colorado teams against... Ducks. Ducks. The Ducks went hunting last night, not the other way around. And uh, as we'll hear later up in sound check, it wasn't just Ducks. There was other birds that were giving some Colorado sports figures troubles. Okay. Very good. So, it's been a week of what Derek Wolf killing the mountain lion over by Boulder. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Uh, mountain lion uh, where he lives over by Boulder had been, I guess, attacking some dogs, and Ugh. and so Derek Wolf went with with a a legal hunting license, hunted the mountain lion down, and, and shot it with a bow and arrow. And showed a picture. It was like a 200-pound one. It was it was big. He said it was tougher to track that mountain lion than it was to go through training camp. I believe it. It was physically and mentally exhausting. And he's received some heat from animal rights groups about it. Wait, wait, wait. My, my thought is, number one, he did it legally. It was attacking animals in their neighborhood. And I and I'm and I'm sorry for the mountain lion. Okay, I hate to see any living creature die. Not you know, hunting make. I understand hunting. I had plenty of family members that hunt. I have no problem with hunting. I think people that are sportsmen, it's a wonderful thing that they do. But when the animal is, you know, when it's doing something like this, right. And he's got a license to do it shut up about it okay? let me let me guess it was PETA of course it was PETA of course like nobody I've, nobody, I've made... nobody encourages the abuse of animals okay no chickens put in too small a cages or, or, or whatever the case may be or or beating a dog to death or or any animal that's ridiculous but it's ridiculous when Derek Wolf had a license to do this the animal was a threat to other animals. To other animals. And people. And he used a bow and arrow. He went, he, he hunted it in that fashion, which, you know, to me, if you use a gun, okay, that's fine too. I don't, you know, but because you still have to track it, it's still a difficult thing to do. But to criticize him for that, like he's this monster. Stop I've, it. I've made my thoughts very it's, clear it's about rid- how I feel about it's the ridiculous. people for the ethical treatment of animals. I, it's just like so many things in this world just get so extreme, so ridiculous. 
If he went to a zoo and shot the mountain lion in a cage, that's then, one thing. Then people should be angry about it. That's ridiculous. That's a that's a horrible, awful, terrible thing to do. That's not who Derek Wolf is. No, he tracked it. He had a license. It was a threat. I, I just yeah. When I when I heard some of this stuff the other day, it's like really come on, come on. I will say settle, this: settle down. So Boulder is near and dear well, to me. <laughs> well, yeah, it is partially where I grew up, and and. I remember in kindergarten, we had a lockdown drill. It was the very first lockdown drill, I think, in the school, because I went there the first year it opened, in kindergarten. And there's little little old me and all my kindergartner class, and we're on lockdown. And no one is telling us why. We later learned, and it could be just you know rumors, but apparently there was a mountain lion that got out of the playground. Yeah, which, that's scary stuff if you go... Occasionally, down by the riverfront trail, they'll post signs saying, "Hey, not lion spot in the area. You might, you might want to be on the lookout." And it apparently, it would have been a it would have been a PR nightmare if one of the mountain lions ate the kindergartners. <laughs> that that is that would, a well, yeah, that would it would have been a horrible, awful, terrible thing. Yeah, uh, we we got to think about the press here, though. <laughs> we got to uh, we got to keep up with appearances. <laughs> I, I just. Yeah, when when I when I read that there were people just you know up in arms about it, it was a th- the animal's a threat. It had attacked other animals. He had a license to do it. Shut up. What, do you okay? You were so concerned about it, members of Peter, whatever. Why don't you guys go out track that mountain lion? Okay, you go track it. Get your trank darts, take it down, okay? Find some place to relocate it See where it's happens. not going to harm anybody. Then why didn't you guys go do that? Then if you're so concerned about the mountain lion, why didn't you guys go do something about it? Because they're more concerned with building pipe bombs and killing sh- and killing shelters. <laughs> and, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, was that out loud? <laughs> yeah. So Sorry. Yeah. I anyhow. Just, yeah, any, anyhow, I just, you know. I, it's been I, an I, interesting I, animal week for... <laughs> For Colorado, yeah, I guess sports. that's I guess that's where we were going with that. It's where we started. I don't know where exactly. we were going, but yeah, I yeah, I, I meant to talk about it earlier in the week, and it just you know, things have been popping up that that seem more consequential at that moment. So anyway, text or call us today. It's the doorstep of the weekend. It's Friday. Jim along with Cake today. Always appreciate you uh, hanging out with us uh, weekday mornings right here on the Team Sports Network. So um, we'll have more of our. Uh, Fruit Monument to Hall of Fame inductees. Brian Rush will join us at 7.40 this morning. Uh, won a couple of state wrestling championships at Fruit Monument. Uh, also, Sonny Russell Hansen, who is a uh, track and field uh, state champion for the Wildcats as well. She'll join us later on this morning. And uh, we're also going to talk with uh, members of the um, Colorado Mesa BMX team. They have a uh, gold medal winning BMXer coming to town for their banquet here nice. in the future. So we're going to have those folks in later on. This morning, plus we'll have our football picks for the championship games. Uh, just a quick reminder, we're still doing picks. We're not doing the weekly prizes right now, but you can still get your picks in. For Pile Picks, can pick them, powered by Kistner Motors. Go to our website, theteam1340.com, and, uh, of course, you have a chance to win one of those uh, two $500 gift cards to play it again sports in the Valley Plaza and that Big Green Abe barbecue grill and smoker from Fruta Co-op Country. So we have a lot to get to on the program. But remember... Well, back then, they mentioned that Mike Zimmer is going to be part of the Buff staff. 
Yeah. It's been weeks ago. Yeah. Well, it looks like that's now finally going to happen. We'll uh, we'll dive into that coming up here after a bit. So, uh, text or call us today. Predictions on this weekend. Now that uh, looks like the uh, the ankle for one Patrick Mahomes is doing much much better. The uh, the line has moved on the uh, AFC Championship game. I haven't even looked lately. It's been a roller coaster week. Chiefs opened as favorites. Line shifted. Bengals became favorites, and now the Chiefs are favorites again because Patrick Mahomes was back at practice and looked pretty good. So, so really, this is kind of a, a push almost. Yeah, because that's okay. So I'm looking right now. The latest I have is Chiefs one and a half favorites. Eagles two and a half favorites in Philadelphia. But again, you just don't know. These are, I think, both these games. I think Kansas City, Cincinnati, maybe a little more so, but both these games are just absolute toss-ups. I have, I, I have my pick written down on the thing tentatively, but I truly have no idea which ways it's going to go. It's yeah, almost I, a coin toss. I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's wide open right now, and um, so, we'll, but we'll have our picks later on around nine twenty. We'll talk more about the games coming up at uh, the top of the 8 o'clock hour around the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett is employed again by the Jets. He's their new offensive coordinator. Dan Quinn, no longer in the mix for the Broncos job. Going to stay in Dallas. Again. Which tells us, I think, this much. That Denver's got their guy. It's either D'Amico Ryans or David Shaw. Is the, that's the feeling that I'm getting right now. So you don't and think I, it's Sean Payton at all? I mean, now that you hear this, this story about Sean Payton fearing the power struggle in the Broncos ownership group and now Payton's denied that he ever said any, any I was gonna say. comments about that. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, according to one reporter, Mark Maskey, tweeting the Panthers are no longer an option, obviously, for Sean Payton because they hired Frank Reich yesterday. Right. And there was an issue with Peyton's interview with the Broncos. Peyton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense, but fears a potential power struggle with a member of the ownership group. Which, as I said, Peyton denied. Peyton has denied that that he ever said that. It just, it just seems like it's leaning toward one of those two other guys, or or. I mean that's that's just the feeling I get. You know, Peyton, like I said, you know, it's an unnamed member of the Broncos ownership group. Was it Condoleezza Rice? Was it Louis Hamilton? I don't think Louis Hamilton was even there, to be quite honest. And so that uh Mark Maskey's a guy that did not he was the one that tweeted that out, did not name the member of the ownership group about whom Peyton supposedly has concerns. Annalisa Rice was directly involved in the round of interviews, along with Greg Pinner. It's it's got to be Condo. Rob Walton, Kerry Walton Pinner, the other other folks involved. Peyton said zero two to this. We had a great visit, and Broncos ownership was fantastic. So the reason I'm believe I'm willing to bet that the this reporter did not name their source because one, you don't name sources unless you absolutely have to. But also, I think out of fear. It was probably Condoleezza Rice. 
because I bet you she still has codes. She she could <laughs> she could call up somebody at the at the Pentagon and say, "Hey, what are you doing? Maybe uh, want to launch a coordinated attack against this reporter." I, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I'm just I just tend to think that if it was Sean Payton, we would have heard something already. It just seems like the longer, and I agree with those that say the longer this drags on, the less likely it's Sean The less Payton. likely it's him. And the more I'm starting to believe it might be D'Amico Ryans because and here's of, the thing. of him being obviously busy this weekend, not available, coaching right. the Niner defense. It's it's starting to feel that way. It's starting to feel like it could be David Shaw's his OC, and it's D'Amico Ryans as the head coach. What's a little bit frustrating in terms of the fan response to this news is you're starting to see, and and there's been polls that have been put up. I think Andrew Mason has put up some polls about which of the following candidates would you see want to see as a Broncos head coach. And it started out pretty much heavy, heavy favorite Sean Payton. And then, you know, okay, well, maybe Harbaugh, and then Harbaugh gets out. And then, okay, Dan Quinn, well, now Dan Quinn's out. And so, and then now the tides have changed to now it being there's, there is strong favoritism now showing for D'Amico Ryans, to which I say, where was that a month ago when it was Sean Payton and Sean Payton only? And by the way, I'm sitting here in my chair, and I – think I've made very clear I was never on board with the idea of Sean Payton from the beginning because of Bounty Gate because of the fact that he really yes he had Drew Brees and yes he got him to a Super Bowl a Super Bowl not multiple but not still you you, you got there you got to the top of the mountain I mean that's still pretty good I mean I, I'm, not, is, I'm not but, gonna entirely crap on on Sean Payton. Well, but oh, but if you're going to have one of arguably the best quarterbacks of all time on your football team, you're a division winner year in and year out. You've yes, you've you've reached the pinnacle once before and are never able to replicate it again despite a bevy of talent that you add continuously. I mean, they added guys you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, they had pretty good defenses. They they upgraded, but they never seemed to be able to get past the hump, you know, say for a couple of times. Well, I, I mean, here, okay, here's the, here's the resume. I mean, he went 152 and 89 during his time with the, the New Orleans Saints. Okay. So it's... First year, 2006, lost to the Bears in the NFC Championship game. Back-to-back years, where they went, where they went seven to nine, eight and eight. Then 20, 2009, they won a Super Bowl. Next year, they go eleven and five, lose to the Seahawks in the wild card game, thirteen and three. They they end up losing to the Niners in the divisional round, eleven and five. The following year, lose to Seattle in the NFC divisional game. Three years where they go seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. Then 2017, 11 and five, lose to the Vikings, the Minneapolis Miracle, 
Case Keenum. They lose to the Vikings. And then they lose to the, the Rams in the FC Championship game the following season. They went 13-3, and lose to the Vikings. Wild card game, 13-3 uh, record. Lose to the Vikings. Then they lose to the Buccaneers in 2020 when they went 12-4. and So he had five years between 2006 and 2021 where they didn't go to the playoffs. I'm, I'm, they went nine and eight in his last season. I, I'm look. I I understand your concerns. A lot of people's concerns about him. I do. I I appreciate that. And I and I had Dan Quinn as the guy that I originally thought should get this job. And obviously the Broncos didn't feel like Dan Quinn was the right guy. And so that's why. I, I I just yeah look at the record. And as much as you know, I even kind of tried to crap on his record some. That's still pretty darn good. It when, is. When when you're going eleven and five, thirteen and three, thirteen and three, twelve and four, and you still go nine and eight, which in Broncos country right now would be a parade, you know, to the to the capital right. to go nine and eight right now. That's pretty good. And I, I just get the feeling though, and I have my concerns about Sean Payton. I just think that the Broncos are not sure that he's the guy. And I think there's concerns about, I think, I don't know how invest, invested Sean Payton is. He's taking the interviews. He's talking with people. Maybe the Broncos brass came away with the feeling that, that he wasn't entirely in. He wasn't entirely sure about being the Broncos coach. I, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody, like they always say, everybody says, well, the meetings went great. Well, of course, what are you supposed to say? Well, right. they went terribly and we didn't get along at all. And, no, of course they're going to say that everything went great. I don't know who, or even if that's true at all, that he has a problem with somebody. I could see it being Condoleezza Rice, though, where she has you know, kind of like a David Shaw or somebody that she really, really likes. Right. She has her reservations about Peyton, and she expressed those reservations. I don't know. But all we, all we know is this. Dan Quinn is now out. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Has been out. out. Has been out for a while, and so D'Amico Ryan's. At least, if you read the articles and everything, seems to be the guy. That's even though he's going to be another first year head coach, seems to be the guy people are talking about the most. So we got some thoughts on that today. Also, I want to ask you about this because we've had you know with the potential of the neutral site AFC Championship game if Buffalo would have won about neutral site conference championships, but also something else that's being mentioned on Pro Football Talk. And one owner has brought up this idea. A Sunday-Monday. Mentioned that yesterday in Fort Down Territory. Yeah, you made a reference to it yesterday, that you'd play one conference championship game on Sunday, and then Monday you'd play the second one. Now, as I expressed what, what, yesterday, I think it's a bad idea. Oh, I felt this. I feel the same way about the neutral side conference championship games. I, I I get that they they want to try to create some kind of collegiate feel, and you know half you know half the stadium full of you know one fan base and the other half with the other. I, I still think it's a stupid idea. And what's the point of having a a number one seed if you don't get to host? in the championship game well, and it kind of creates I mean, you could, I mean you can do it but i just think it's i think it's it's kind of silly 
and it kind of creates this slippery slope of, well, why don't we just have all the playoffs at neutral sites? Well, why do we even need home stadiums at all? Why, you know, if we're going to be playing in London or Germany or Mexico, you know, it, 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 it gets to a point where you, you have to ask the question, where is the line? Well, there, there is a, I mean, can I be honest? You're, you're, ju- you're jumping out there pretty far. Am I? <laughs> as far as, as far as teams not having home games, then why am I, as an owner, why am I, why do I own a team if I'm not going to have home revenue? If I'm not going to, if I can be able to sell home games, how am I going to cultivate my fan base? If where are they going to just play? Going to be a road show? Be like the Harlem Globetrotters? Who's going to play all across the country? Like in a barnstorm? I'm just not sure where you're going with that. It's like, you, well, you still want to have a home fan base, do you not? Well, first of all, ask the Los Angeles Chargers how having a home fan base is working out for them. But also, you know, and okay, maybe yes. I'm going a little too far in that. You know, a couple why of even have too a, far. Why even friend. have home games? But but again, <laughs> why even play football? Why even why even have a league? But, but <laughs> I don't know. There's some people that have asked that question though yeah, for other reasons. But they need to go pound sand. Anyway. But but it does. I mean, there is the the legitimate question of well, where does this stop? Where do we say, you know? Because then yeah. if, if eventually if we're going down this path of, well, let's have the conference championship games at neutral sites. Well, let's do, uh, you know, half stadium filled here with this team's fan base and the other half that create a college atmosphere. And then it's, well, what if we do all playoffs at neutral site games? And then what if we did like what the NBA does and have a play-in tournament? Oh. like. It's oh. you're there's going to be these yeah. questions asked because some knucklehead in the room is going to say something about them. My, my here's my thing. Until you fix to me what is the the number one problem with the NFL postseason that I know that it'd be tough to walk away from the branding of Super Bowl Sunday. I know it'd be tough to walk away from that. Right. But Super Bowl Saturday doesn't sound that bad to me. That to me remains the biggest problem of the postseason of playing the game on a, on a Sunday evening. Why not play Saturday night? Why not do that? Where people don't have to worry about, okay, I've got to drag my butt into work on Monday morning. You got Sunday to recover. And I get it Super Bowl Sunday. There, it's, it's, it's incredible branding. But it's still the biggest problem with the NFL postseason. Because you can play it Saturday you know, night at 5 o'clock or whatever, and nobody's going to give a rip. You're gonna, great, thanks, thank you, NFL. Now I've got Sunday to recover. I dislike the idea of neutral site championship games. I, would, I, I mean, I, I would learn to be okay with it, but I'm not crazy about it. But, you, but I, I still think it's a terrible idea. And this Sunday-Monday thing is an awful idea. On a Twitter poll... Fans hated it. So I'm just curious, anybody in the pile, would would you be down with a Sunday-Monday AFC-NFC championship game weekend? AFC plays on Sunday, NFC on Monday, whatever the case may be. We'll have both of our games because the NFL still has it that way this Sunday on the team at noon. 
you got some thoughts on that today, text or call us 970-242-1340. The Sean Payton has issues with somebody in the Broncos ownership group, or he doesn't, we don't know. Your thoughts about that? Dan Quinn getting away. Is that a big miss for the Broncos here? Just want your thoughts. It's pretty much wide open today, whatever's on your mind. So text or call us 970-242-1340, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Real quick, because you brought up Super Bowl Saturday and the idea of not having to drag your took us into work on Monday when you've been celebrating. So I heard an idea, and I, I, I could be paraphrasing here, but so the idea to sort of fix that and keep Super Bowl Sunday is to give every team a second bye week because you've added the extra schedule, you've added the extra game, give every team a second bye week. That pushes everything up a week, and that puts Super Bowl Sunday the day before President's Day. Yeah, and that would be fine. And I'm, I'm okay with that, too. Just come up with a solution, and yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, they, the, that allows people to not have to drag their butts into work, tired, hungover, whatever <laughs> the case may be. Especially on, if it's your team. Yeah, especially if it's your team on, on a Monday. And if it's on you know, President's Weekend, fine. You have President's Day. President's Day is your, your day off. You get a chance to recover. Awesome. You know, it's not going to work for everybody because some people do work on Sundays. It's not... It's not a perfect a, solution. It's not a perfect solution, but for the masses, either one of those things would work. But the NFL has to be willing to commit to it. And and the idea of, well, we need to make Monday a national holiday. Stop it. They're not going to make a national holiday so you can have a day to recover, you bunch of booze hounds, to recover from watching a football game. We don't make national holidays for that. Come on. When there's other solutions to that, where you could utilize a holiday like President's Day. Like President's Day. To honor those great presidents we've had in the past and, of course, recover <laughs> from the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. 726. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It is time for. What's happening? All right, what's happening brought to you by our friends over at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Things like PC and server support, business phone systems like the one we have at the radio station. It's truly amazing. Yes. Cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, surveillance, and more. Join the ComWest team today. Give them a call. 970-242-8142. 970-242-8142. That's 970-242-8142. All right. Start things out with great news involving Nikola Jokic. More accolades for the back-to-back MVP. He was selected to his fifth All-Star game and named a starter in the game. This is the third straight year Jokic has been named a starter in the All-Star game, joining Alex English and David Thompson as the only Nuggets players to start consecutive All-Star games as the only Nugget besides English with five or more All-Star appearances. The NBA All-Star Game is just across the border over in Salt Lake City on February 19th. News in the Broncos coaching search. Dan Quinn, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, is out. He is remaining with the Cowboys. Also yesterday, Frank Reich named the Carolina Panthers head coach as the first domino 
falls as far as the coaching positions that are available right now in the NFL. The Avalanche's win streak came to an end last night at Ball Arena and a 5-3 loss to the Anaheim Ducks. Cutterman led 3-2 after two periods, but a three-goal third period from Anaheim sealed the deal for the Ducks. Cutterman's Miko Renton had two goals. Sam Girard had a goal as well. Avs are in fourth place in the Central right now, and they host St. Louis tomorrow on the Team Sports Network. You can catch it with Connor McGahee with pregame at 12.30 tomorrow. After beating Washington State Sunday, the CU men's basketball team fell at Oregon last night, 75-69, their fourth loss in their five games against the Pac-12. Colorado made a late comeback attempt, but Oregon held on with a five-point run from Quincy Guerrero with uh, CU's Tristan De Silva leading all scores with 23 points. Um, also, uh, the Buffs uh, last night, or the Buffs hope to get an Oregonian split Saturday when they face the Beavers of Oregon State. Another big coaching addition is coming to Boulder. Pro Football Talk reports Deion Sanders is adding former NFL head coach Mike Zimmer to the Buffalo's coaching staff. Coach Prime appeared on the pregame show and confirmed Zimmer would be joining the staff, although he did not specify what role Zimmer would have. Zimmer worked as an analyst with Sanders at Jackson State in 2022. Sanders also confirmed that former Florida State coach Willie Taggart will be joining the staff as well. The 12th-ranked Colorado Mesa men's wrestling team came up with a big home win in their duel, defeating 8th-ranked Adams State 30-20 to last night at Brownson Arena. 9th-ranked 133-pound Colin Metzger and 6th-ranked 157-pound Ryan Wheeler both picked up wins for the Mavs. Former Grand Junction Tiger wrestlers Kiernan Thompson and Josiah Ryder won their matches for Adams State. CMU hosts New Mexico Islands tonight at Brownson at 6 o'clock. Central basketball teams picked up the sweep at their East Valley rival Palisade on Thursday night. The Warrior girls beat the Bulldogs 60-34, to buying 21 points from Christina Manzanares. As Central moves to 9-6 and on the season, Palisade's Addie Ritterbush scored 9 points. The Bulldogs fall to 5-12. and Central boys completed the sweep with their 52-37 win over Palisade. The win moves the Warriors to 12-4, and with the Bulldogs falling to 8-9. In other basketball games, both Grand Junction teams were Glenwood Springs. Tiger girls lost to the Demons 54-10. They're now 0-16. The Tiger boys lost to the Demons 58-55. They're now 6-10. In boys wrestling, Central won at Durango 61-12. Grand Junction lost to the Demons 42-33. Palisade lost at Meeker on the mats 60-9. And that's a quick look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest. Once again, if you have technology concerns, ComWest, they're there to help you. Whether it's business phone systems, surveillance, network support, give them a call today at ComWest, 970-242-8142. All right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. And up next on the Jim Davis Show, we will uh, dive into, well, the Avalanche losing last night, Joker in the All-Star game. That's all coming up on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday. Apparently there's some issue with Sean Payton and one of the Broncos, remember the Broncos ownership group, we don't know who. Sean Payton's denied that he ever said there was a problem. Is this, um, is this a little CYA? For Sean Payton, if he doesn't get the job, 
Um, maybe. They all they they didn't you know. I just didn't didn't feel like you know it's going to be a good fit or the what whatever. This is some kind of or even he doesn't even have to say anything. I mean, he's denied it. Right. That oh well, apparently there was a problem with somebody in the ownership group, and that's why Sean Payton didn't want to be there. That it makes it less like that he they didn't want him, or more that. Uh, there was just some issues there. I was concerned about because it. it doesn't say con- he says concerned about a power struggle. Doesn't mean that this person dislikes him. That maybe there's a dis- maybe that they're not entirely in his corner, but there's a disagreement on the the vision, the future of this football team among Condoleezza Rice and Rob Walton and Greg Penner and Kerry Penner and right everybody. See what I'm saying? That it's not so much. About Peyton, it's I set that meeting and they boy they disagreed about some stuff and I felt really uncomfortable and I don't know I don't know they can't get along this isn't a good place for me to be uh, maybe it's I I do agree that it, this does seem to be a little bit of CYA because I think really truly if Sean Peyton wants to come back and be a head coach I think he wants to do it for the Dallas Cowboys. Long-term, I think that's where his heart lies. I just think he's he's in a position where he can sit back and he he's, does not have to be in a hurry. Just doesn't. No. Also, you're, the idea of a Sunday-Monday AFC-NFC or NFC-AFC, whatever, championship game, it's not... It, it goes both days. There's It's not both games on Sunday like, like has been traditional... Because NFL is always looking to dominate the calendar. If they can come up, hey, we can stretch this out another day. It's another day that we dominate the you know the the sports media landscape. Right. I think it's a horrible, terrible, no dread- good, very bad, dreadful idea. It's a dreadful idea. That's a good word. That's a good one. All right. So if you got some thoughts on it today, Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Congratulations to Nikola Jokic. Once again, named an all-star. He'll be uh, in the starting lineup for the third consecutive season, February 19th in Salt Lake City, his fifth consecutive all-star selection. And he'll be joined by the Lakers' LeBron James, Dallas's Luka Doncic, New Orleans star Zion Williamson, and Golden State's Steph Curry. Hopefully he won't chuck his mouth guard into the seats <laughs> at, in Salt Lake at that one. Uh, James selected as a Western Conference captain. Five starters from the East are Milwaukee's Yontis Antetokounmpo, Brooklyn's Kevin Durant, Boston's Jason Tatum, Brooklyn's Kyrie Irving, and Cleveland's Donovan Mitchell. Antetokounmpo selected as a captain for that team. And so in a wrinkle this season, the NBA announced that an all-star draft would take place before the game itself. So there's a possibility, according to the Denver Post, that Jokic gets drafted last among the starters which she said he would take in stride last season. Jokic told the Denver Post that the All-Star Games were hard for him for obvious reasons. He goes, I don't know what to do. Got to have joking about that. Aaron Gordon could be there as well and probably deserves to be there. He should be. Jokic has 50% of the fan vote, fellow players 25%, and select media members, including the Post, 25%. He thanked those... uh, those those different groups for for voting for for him for the All Star game. Once again, another 
addition to the the legend, the legacy of Nikola Jokic. And something that was mentioned as well, he becomes only the third Nuggets player with three or with a consecutive all-star game starts and is only the second one to have five or more all-star appearances behind Alex English. Which I think at some point in the conversation of who are the greatest or who is the greatest Nuggets player of all time, when it's said and done, when his career is over, I think it's going to be Nikola Jokic. I think so as well. He's certainly built the kind of resume that if he quit tomorrow, you could possibly say he's the greatest Nugget of all time. and probably would. Let's just get him a ring. That's just I, I think the ring, or at least even a trip to the finals, a ring would be fantastic. Trip to the finals would would certainly cement that. All right, so the the Avalanche, their win streak came to an end last night. They lost uh, at home to Anaheim five to three. They had the lead three to two after two periods, but a three goal third period from Anaheim allowed the Ducks to get the win last night. Miko Rantanen continues his stellar season. A couple of goals for the All Star Sam Girard the goal last night as well. The Avalanche right now sit in fourth place in the Central Division, and uh, Anaheim's Frank uh, Vatrano was the guy that came up with the, the big night last night, a hat trick for the Ducks. Avalanche hosts the Blues tomorrow afternoon here on the team at 12.30. After the game, Jared Bednar some thoughts about the loss for the Avs. If you pull the shift that they scored on where they got extended, we had a couple tired guys that didn't get off the ice, and they got extended, we... You know, we had a couple chances to get that puck out at the end of the second period. You pulled that one shift out of the first two periods. I liked their first two periods a lot. You know, we outshot them, outchanced them probably two to one in those periods, but I did not like the start of our third. It just looked like we were you know, too much standing around. You know, like the urgency and intensity to our game disappeared, and then we fell behind and comes back, but still had some chances to tie the game up, but we put ourselves in a bad spot with a bad probably first 10 minutes of the third period. All right, Avs look to bounce back against the Blues tomorrow. It's the factor back in the building, Ryan O'Reilly and the Blues. Per game at 12.30 tomorrow with Connor McGahee on the team sports network. All right, uh, Fruita Monument Hall of Fame uh, inductee, Brian Rush will join us in a moment. Time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, friend of the show and Altitude's Mark Mosier has had some bad luck with seagulls lately. Apparently, when they were in Vancouver, a seagull stole his egg McMuffin, and then recently his Altitude co-workers taunted him with a stuffed seagull hanging up in his booth. Now, when the TV side of their coverage went to commercial break, the streaming... And I think it was ESPN Plus, but the streaming was still up with a hot mic, which allowed us to hear what exactly Mark Mosher thinks about seagulls. Dude, that seagull. Oh, my God. Ah, dirty. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Like, like the seagulls that live at the dump here in Colorado, like, where do they live? What do, I mean, where's their house? Huh? Yeah, in a sec I do. First, I want to know where the <laughs> seagulls live. They don't live in a nest. They have webbed feet. They have to live on the ground. 
He was a little, uh, <laughs> man, I didn't realize Moshe hated seagulls that much. I mean, when you, when a seagull steals your egg McMuffin, it's, you know, no, it's not good. It's not good. All right. We will take a break. And uh, Fruit of Monument Hall of Fame inductee Brian Rush will join us coming up next on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. That's just crap. Uh, The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking through the Monument Wildcat Sports on the Jim Davis Show. Coming up on February 7th out at uh, Fruit of Monument High School, they'll have their... uh, Induction ceremony for the uh, Fruit Monument uh, Wildcat Athletic Hall of Fame during the uh, Montrose and Fruit Monument basketball games. And joining us right now will be one of the folks inducted coming up on February 7th, two-time state wrestling champion Brian Rush. Brian, I appreciate the time. How are you doing this morning? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. So so your reaction to when you found out you were going in, because it's it's been it's well-deserved, two-time state wrestling champion at uh, 132, uh, you won it in 86 and 85. Just take me through, Brian, what it was like when you found out that you were going in. Well, you know, when I heard I was getting nominated, just then I was excited just to hear about that when I put in the information and found out uh, the Hall of Fame committee had elected to have me in. It's just it's a great honor when you look at the athletes that have come through that school, the teams and coaches that have been nominated, and to even be thought about, you know, to – join with them and when i found out i did get elected to be part of that it, it's just a great honor because you know i'm um, got a lot of ties with fruta you know i went there my wife went there uh our son went there and stuff and um but just knowing the athletes that have come through there and like i said coaches and teams it's great to be part of that when you go back and, and look at your wrestling career which i mean it w- was remarkable when you won the state title uh, you're the 85 champion at 132. I mean, you were 30 and two, and then the next year you, you went, you know, 26 and 0, uh, outstanding wrestler at the the state tournament in '86. You know, state champion that year as well. That I mean, when you looked at each season, did you did you set out with the obviously the goal was to win a state championship, but I'm not going to lose more than one match. I'm not going to lose more than two matches. Did you have particular goals that you tried to set for yourself back then? You know, I did have goals. Um, my senior year, it was definitely to win it. My junior year, I was definitely hoping I could win it. You know, I, I worked hard, and um, I made sure if I was going to lose a match, I was doing everything I felt I could in my power to do my best in that match. And then as long as I could walk away and realize that I did my best and I did every, I did my best coming up to that match, then um, – I could be okay with it. But, I mean, there's no doubt going into the junior, senior year, I was definitely wanting to win it. And, you know, with the repeat, a lot of pressure on it. And um, But, you know, I was fortunate enough to come out on top and obviously had some real close matches that could have gone either way both years, especially in the semis and finals. But, like I said, I was fortunate enough to come out on top and get the win in both years. Brian Rush will go into the Fruit Monument uh, Hall of Fame coming up on February 7th. Uh, graduated from Fruit in 1986, and uh, Jim Stocker was your coach. Talk to me about the the influence that Jim had, and maybe other coaches had on you on the mats. You know, Jim Stocker, he was he was great. You know, uh, I enjoyed having him as a coach. We had a great relationship, and and the truth of the matter is, after my wrestling, our relationship may have even be, become closer. You know, um, his son Brooks Stockard, I was in his wedding with him and stuff, and. Um, 
Jim and I just we always got along well, and like I said, I enjoyed having him as a coach. And afterwards, um, you know, uh, our relationship just kind of grew. And there's no doubt coming up through, I had some good coaches. You know, kind of like what Dean was talking the other day in middle or in junior high with Coach Trump, Coach Bridgewater, Coach Holsher, and then you know with my high school coaches, I had Coach Marty in there. Coach Hoisington was there helping, and you know another big one that helped us out a lot was coach Dan Miller in the weight room. You know, none of that's possible without someone pushing you in the weight room, getting the conditioning and stuff. And then, you know, my parents taking me to all the freestyle that they did coming up through high school. Uh, they traveled me everywhere throughout the state, which obviously cost quite a bit of money and time and planning to do. And, you know, I just thank all of those because with, without those people, none of that was possible. We've talked about your wrestling career, Brian, but you're also a really good football player, too. Uh, 85, you were all Southwestern League uh, as a defensive back for the Wildcats. So, you know, obviously your greatest success was on the mats, but also pretty good on the gridiron, too. You know, I enjoyed football. I did it all the way, you know, from fifth grade coming up through. And, um, you know, I thought maybe um, college with some football, too. But as the wrestling went on for me, I kind of knew that was the way I – I needed to go, and, it, you know, it worked out for me. I ended up going to Fort Lewis my first year and then transferred back into Mesa and ended up being an All-American there for Mesa. So um, it worked out, you know, really well that way. But um, I, I, I did enjoy um, playing football and stuff. It was, it was great, you know, all the peewee years that we did and then coming up through junior high. You know, there's just no sport like a team sport as far as that goes, being out there with 11 guys going as hard as you can, winning some games, losing some games. It's great. But um, but in the end, I really like the wrestling with just the individual, you know. It, wrestling's kind of on you, and it, it's it's a neat sport that way because win or lose, you don't, you can't blame anyone else. You pretty much come off, and, you know, you did your best, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully you can come out most of the time. But you, you look in the mirror and say, it's me one way or the other. Brian Rush, former Fruit of Monument Wildcat. He'll go into the uh, Fruit of Monument uh, Hall of Fame coming up February 7th, two-time state wrestling champion. He mentioned your time at then Mesa State uh, as a wrestler, All-America wrestler, uh, 142-pounder back in 1989-1990 uh, during that stretch. Uh, kind of take us through a little bit your time as a Mav as well. You know, it was good. And, and you know, the one thing with, uh, you know, Coach Krylicek had me there and, you know, it was, it was an honor to wrestle for him and stuff. And, you know, going to the Nationals and being an All-American, it, it was that was a neat accomplishment and stuff. But, um, you know, just wrestling's really been good to me. And that's what was also so exciting about getting this Hall of Fame here at the end is it's just, you know, up through junior high it was great. High school had the titles in college. Um, I was ended up being an All-American. And then I was able to take it through high school also and uh, – with my teaching and being able to coach, be a head coach, you know, hopefully I made a lot of kids become better wrestlers and better men as far as that goes. And it's just, like you said, kind of capping off with this Hall of Fame. Wrestling's been great for me, and um, it's just been a big part of my life, and, you know, through the high school and college and being able to coach it at Palisade High School. Yeah, Brian Rush with us today on the Team Sports Network. You had uh, outstanding success out at uh, Palisade as a, the wrestling coach out there. 
uh, Brian, before you step aside, want to spend more time watching your son Zach play uh, out at uh, Fruital Monuments. So uh, you were able to, to to make more time for that. And as a teacher too, I mean, you were the the Lowe's 2017 Teacher of the Year. So it's not just the accomplishments as a coach or an athlete, but also as an educator as well. Well, you know, I've you know both my wife and I have been in education. We're going to be fortunate enough to start our career at Palisade and end at Palisade. You know, we we enjoy it there a lot. And um, it's just great getting to work with kids. And, you know, hopefully we're being good role models with them, teaching them everything we can, whether it's through the classroom or on the mat, on the field. It's just, you know, we're we're really happy that the career we chose, and it's gone great at Palisade High School. And um, we've got to work with a lot of great people and uh, have some great friends from there. And it's it's worked out really well. Well, I, Brian, I couldn't be more thrilled for you. And it's well-deserved to get the, the, the chance to go into the, the Fruta Hall of Fame once again. That's February 7th out at Fruta Monument High School during uh, the Wildcats uh, basketball games against Montrose. And uh, I just like I said, everybody that, that, that was going to be inducted this year, certainly well-deserving of that honor. And uh, you, uh, of course, with that group that is a, it's a, an impressive group of former athletes that will be going in to the uh, the Wildcat Hall of Fame. Brian, I appreciate the time. Tell the family hi, and uh, we'll, we'll see you out there coming up on the 7th. Hey, will do. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Thank you, Enjoy Brian. Enjoy the games this weekend, huh? <laughs> exactly. Enjoy it coming up on Sunday. And or. Or yeah, the Avalanche absolutely. tomorrow as well. I'm going to be going over to watch the Avalanche tomorrow. I'm looking forward to oh, that. So. All right. Well, drive safe and enjoy it. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You take care. Have a great weekend. Brian Rush will go into the Fruit Monument Hall of Fame February 7th. And our conversation with Brian Rush brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. One of the nicest guys. Seems like me And Brian Rush, just a, a class guy. Wife Stephanie, they've been educators for a long, long time. Known both of them a long time. Their son Zach played quarterback out at out at Fruit Monument. Has uh, been over at Northern Colorado, and uh, just uh, really good folks. And just a, a really, you know, really great guy. And Brian Rush couldn't be more happy for Brian to get that chance to go into the Fruit Monument Hall of Fame. Starting on Monday, on the program, make sure you're listening because if you can't make it to the big game in Phoenix, the next best thing is here in the Grand Valley at Buffalo Wild Wings. You'll have a chance to win a table for six and 50 wings. Listen on Monday for your chance to get qualified with uh, Max Ryan and myself filling in for the Buckeye Boy and filling in for you since you'll be over on uh, Magic, our sister station, filling in for the Brits. I believe they're, what, off to Mexico? Yes, they are. Oh, lucky son of a guns. Anyway, we will take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2. Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex next hour. And we'll also have more conversations with our Fruit of Monument inductees.